now, Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny as Storm and Callisto from Marauders number 17. You already have my answer, Callisto. Eh, uh, you been really hard to get a hold of since that other world nonsense. Okay, enough about my problems. Have you told Emma and Kate you're uh, leaving yet? Oh, uh, <laughs> even without your heightened senses, your perception is so real. And no, I have not. I would like to tell them if they don't already know. I won't ask where you're off to, but I will ask you to help me before you go. The Pretender halfway killed me back on M-Day. Now, I'm on islands all day. Here in the South Pacific, or over at a port in the North Atlantic. Meeting mutants from all over the world. Moving money that's covered in trace amounts of drugs, sweat, and blood. Nothing smells or tastes right, Aurora. The world feels fake. I need my damn senses back. I'm suffering. I do not disapprove of the crucible. <laughs> I simply do not wish to participate. Why me? Apocalypse is a Ghana sister. If you want your powers back, you gotta bring someone to the dance. <laughs> That's all, folks. Hmm. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 165 of Comic Book Queer's Legacy. I am one half Brett, the other half Jeff is joining us right now. Hello, Evil Jeff. You're only half of a Brett? Uh, I'm only half of this. Right. Okay. This sentient, living, breathing podcast. What the hell was that that we just did? <laughs> that was... Uh, <laughs> I'll just go ahead and say it's Mel Blanc's birthday. I don't know. For Mel Blanc's birthday, I don't know why we did that. I think we're getting bored with our usual cold readings in the beginning and we're trying to we're trying to spice it up it's like a marriage like we're trying to spice it up we're trying new toys Ooh, we're inviting a third yeah, yeah role playing you know it's role just playing. role playing we're role playing literally <laughs> we're role playing to spice it up there you go how are you sweetie um i'm great i'm ready to talk about some comics sir Let's talk about some comics, sir. Let's start with those X-Men comics. Cue the music. Oh, yeah. I want your X. Come on. Oh, yes. We did not talk about them last week since we were just so, like, hell-bent on WandaVision. So now it is time. Now it is time to cover what we didn't cover last week. So we got some Marauders. We got some Sword. S-W-O-R-D. We got Cable and we got X-Force. We got a lot to cover. We got a lot to cover. And um, I feel like we should do Sword last because then we can use Sword to segue into WandaVision, right? That's our portal into WandaVision. Sure. Let's go with that. Let's, let's do that. Let's go with that. Um, so we've got two weeks of books to cover. Marauders number 17 is what I'd like to start with. How about it? All right, let's 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 go into it. 
Listen, we've got Jerry Duggan, we've got Matteo Lali, it's Marauders, we're talking pirates, we're talking mutant economics and trade. It's a mercantile book. We're also talking about two badass bitches getting shit done and taking no prisoners. Well, they are taking a prisoner, one prisoner, which is called Sebastian Shaw. Sebastian Shaw. Yes, um, coming off the Diabolique-esque issue that was last month's Marauders, where Kate and Storm and Emma exacted their revenge and have contained, I'll use the word contained, Shaw. Here, this week, I'm going to, Evil Jeff, I'm going to call this like like a like a come down issue, like a touch base issue, like a grounded, like, okay, where are we? Yeah, where, where's everybody characters? at right now? Where's the show? Yeah. Where's the show at? Kind of We're checking reset. in. We're, checking We're resetting in. the next arc. Yes, we are. It's a palate cleanser. Yes. 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 Uh, and we start with our favorite, Miss Emma Frost. Oh. And now, she's looking more into uh, Kate's murder via Lockheed's brain. So she's just, so I think, so the first one, she just got a glimpse and now she's just like, so is she just like reliving it? Or I think she's investigating. She's probing deeper, right? Okay, yeah, because she clearly this isn't the first time she's gone in his mind. This is she's in a different outfit from that first time. So yeah, she's just going into it. And just look how upset she is at watching her future wife <laughs> drown. If the, I need her and Kate need to kiss at some point, like it needs oh, to please, fucking happen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And just like not then be in a relationship, but just kiss because they're so close and they just they just got to get it out of their system, you know? Yeah. Now, here's my thing is then we see the two two bishops talking. Um, uh, that's I mean, Christian's a bishop, right? Yeah. And then Shinobi, is that his name? Shinobi Shaw? Yeah. He's a bishop. And then Bishop is the other bishop is the red bishop. The red bishop. Yeah. Okay. I have a question. What did it seem like Christian was kind of in on some of yes. this, the shenanigans? It, it didn't seem like he is. Okay. And so this seems like he's still in on it. So it's like, does does Emma know then? I'm so glad you asked this. Like I was processing this. I had an epiphany that wouldn't Emma kind of be in denial about her brother a little bit so i feel like emma knows but she's not willing to go there yet it seems like you know she read lockheed's mind she honed in on sebastian's role it seems like now she's reading lockheed's mind again but looking at a different character yeah our conspiracy she's looking at shinobi's role yeah i feel like next she'll be like all right fuck i gotta fucking do this what was Christian's role? You know, it's going to be very reluctant. Because if you look at here, notice what she didn't do. She tells Shinobi, excuse yourself a moment. So that he, so she doesn't want Christian to know that she's doing this. So she's purposely keeping him, her supposedly right-hand man, out of the loop. Which makes oh, yeah. me feel she definitely knows. And this, she basically needs to read Shinobi's mind to see... What does he know? And she realizes you don't know anything. So you're, I actually can trust you more than my own goddamn gay brother. Ugh, gay brothers can't trust him. Can't trust him. Meanwhile, Shinobi probably still from Shaw telling him that it was Emma and Kitty behind his murder, his death, probably does not trust Emma at all. And he's potentially playing some kind of game. 
Exactly. Everyone thinks everyone's out to get each other. Because they are. And that's what I'm just like, this is what comics should all be like. The intrigue, you don't know who's going to backstab who. This is what I live for. Yeah, I'm. me too. I mean, this is fantastic. Like this whole, the dramatic irony of like us knowing what each character knows and what each character doesn't know. Yes. Like it. Or what each character, what misconceptions they have. Is that called dramatic irony? Dramatic irony is when you know something a character doesn't. Like an audi- the audience knows something a character does not. So isn't that what that is? Yeah. That's why I, that's why I used the phrase to describe Oh, it. did you say dramatic irony before? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear it. Sorry. Oh, great. I thought you were responding to me saying dramatic irony. Oh, okay. No. My God. But is it See, Alanis Morissette We're exemplifying irony? it right now. One character has misconceptions. One character doesn't know things. What I, I thought you me. knew something I don't you know did anything. not know. The audience Look listening to this we has are dramatic the irony for me. Okay. We are the Marauders. All right. So anyway, Callisto goes up on a cliff. And I forgot that Callisto did not have her powers. Me too. I don't think I've ever realized that. You know why? Because I never fucking knew what Callisto's powers were. Honestly, I just thought she was a good fighter. I did know because because I think it was X-Factor. Was she in part of the X-Factor and the M? Like, remember there was like that mutant town and shit? Oh, yeah. I feel like I knew she lost her powers, but because she just has enhanced fighting skills. No, it's enhanced senses. Senses, but that's what I mean that gives her enhanced fighting skills. It's hard to tell she doesn't have her powers. Yeah. You once told me her powers are that she never gets tired, and I've thought that that was her (laughs) this whole time, and I don't think that's her power. Did I tell you that? Yes. That could, I mean, who? Like, maybe it is. You don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. They did, they did make a point to show her tired when she was coming up the, the mountain. Yeah. But basically, so. she's like, the only person who has killed me before is Storm. <laughs> One of the best arcs of the X-Men, I think, ever. That whole Morlocks. Yeah. One of the best fights, for sure. Oh, that fight, when she fucking flips the knife, because they have to fight to the death to save Angel and free the X-Men, she fucking flips that knife, and Storm catches the flipped knife, and Nightcrawler is like, but Storm won't kill anybody. She's going to lose. That fucking bitch, Aurora just fucking stabs her right in the heart. Yep. And there's a great line, I think, where she's just like, oh, you're doing this, you're doing this. And she's like, and you talk too much. And then fucking stabs her with her. She takes her cape to tie her arm and stabs her. So Callisto's like, bitch, you're the only one who had one up on me. So like you, you're going to be the one that needs to kill me in the crucible so I can get my powers back. Yeah, because she establishes that since Apocalypse is gone, as we established in our opening scene, as Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd, that you now choose your partner. You don't choose fight Apocalypse. Your partner. You choose your fighter. I would be like, Wolverine, come on, because I want this over with quick. Yeah. But Storm's like, I, I'm not into it. Like, she's I got like, shit nah. to do. But she's also like, I got somewhere to go. And Kitty and Emma don't know. What is that about? Ooh. I'm not sure. Do you, is she doing something that's in the Marauders world? 
like mission wise where she's like i don't want them to know or is this like other world all the shit i've gone through i had a robot sentient thing inside of me is this like related to all of that stuff i hope it's the latter i me hope too. this is the beginning of a of a storm adventure for sure yeah and here's the other thing is storm i feel like yeah we need to get some I feel like everything she's been through with Black Panther, with Forge, with losing her powers, and then now with all the shit she just recently went through, like, we need to do some, like, deep diving with this bitch. Okay? Yeah, Please? absolutely. Yes. So is Storm is going to be leaving the Marauders, do you think? That's the thing is I couldn't tell is she leaving permanently or is she just leaving to go on a mission and then she'll be back? Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. Um, but we do know that Shinobi, Christian, Bishop, and Emma go back to that island we saw in Giant Size Magneto. Yeah. Where Magneto built that tower for Emma where she's going to host the Hellfire Gala. Mm-hmm. Shock and talk. I don't think Emma's puppeting him. I think she's puppeting him in the meetings. Oh, for sure. Like, I think she was puppeting him in the meetings, but he's probably a little more healed since that initial thing. Yeah. And she's just kind of like, this is what the fuck's going on. So I'm interested, though, of like, what does Shinobi Shaw think of his dad in the wheelchair and all this? Like, I need to see their interaction. Because there's so many double crosses and everything, like, I need to see Bishop and Emma talking. I want to see Bishop and Christian talking. I want to see Shinobi and Bishop. Like, I want to see everybody interacting with everyone. Where's Iceman? I want to see fucking Bobby Drake. Like, what's, what's, he probably has no idea what's going on yet. He doesn't know his, like, the guy who's, you know, fucking him up the butt. It could possibly be a traitor. Oh, and Emma's going to have to tell him and break his heart. Uh, and this is also everything is leading up to this kind of Hellfire Gala, and yeah, where it's I mean, how fabulous! Humans. How fabulous is this Hellfire Gala going to be? Oh my God, Jumbo Carnation already asked Emma how many outfits she wants, like how many costume changes she wants during the gala. Oh my Come God, on. it's going to be so good because you know there's going to be there's going to be deception, intrigue. Someone's going to die. It's going to be the revealing of the X Men too. Oh, yeah. Oh, I fucking can't wait. And then we get a nice little reunion of the person that kind of saved Lockheed. Yeah, in um, in Madripoor. I love that. So Kate goes back to kind of um, help out that family that helped out Lockheed. And she does. And that's where you kind of see that she's now has taken Sebastian's role. She's now kind of in charge of the black yes. market. And that kind of means she's like, oh, the black market place is Madripoor. So she's kind of like, oh, I'm going to stake a claim. We're going to stake a claim in Madripoor and take shit over. Like yeah. you want to, you think we're, we're if we're going to be fucking pirates, let's be fucking pirates. I love that they made Kate take over the black market. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. It's, well, is it Kate or is it Emma? I mean, and is there any difference? Wait, what? Um, is it the? I'm just wondering. Technically, is it the white? Uh, the white is technically so. Emma's technically in charge of the black market. I guess but, I don't I mean, necessarily see the difference between white and red. Exactly. I think it's white and red, and then there's black. 
Yeah, white and red is the same. And Emma created the whole white thing so she can have a red thing so she can have so she can have know, a majority. So she can outvote. So she Sean, can just exactly. outvote. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's so great. Uh, then we get to the Crucible with here we a go. slicked back Callisto. And here I'm going to bring this up. The way they're drawing Callisto, she seems pretty hot again. And the one main thing about Callisto yeah. is she's supposed to be ugly. <laughs> yeah. So I would just, because remember when Mask, unless Mask made her pretty again. Well, they established that she was a tra- like Jumbo Carnation when he first met Callisto at the White Palace was like, oh my God, girl, you're beautiful. Yeah. So I'm wondering, maybe Mask just gave her a facelift again. Maybe. <laughs> Since they've been hanging out again. Yeah. And here's my favorite line of, uh, you know, Fenris has volunteered to be the ones to kill <laughs> Callisto. And she oh, just damn. says, if those racists come down here, I'll end up in the hole, not Arbor Magna. <laughs> I, I was like, and they're like, we've been so good. We haven't killed anyone since Krakoa. <laughs> yeah, but the way you talk is still fucking awful, Fenris. And then he's like, what are you looking at, Mask? And Mask is like, two assholes. Or two fucks or something. Yeah, like. <laughs> two motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! But storm um, comes. Storm comes, and she's like, yeah, "Look, I gotta go." But real quick, I'm gonna just fucking kill you real quick. <laughs> just stop by to kill you. And what does she do? Does she use the knife? No, she doesn't use the knife like last time. She does a fucking lightning bolt punch. Why hasn't she done that more? What the fuck is this? Why haven't I seen that in the past four well, decades? Well, we're going to see it more. I want to see her yeah. fucking murder Iron Fist. She's like, oh, you got your Iron Fist? Look at this, motherfucker. I got a fucking <laughs> lightning bolt punch. Oh, my God. When will the badassery stop? When? Um, and then Kate goes up to, like, Verendi, the fucking Hellfire Kids. And then She's this like, is the cool thing is, off, kids. is is just I also like the weather, which clearly is what Storm's doing and how like the snow is it's like snowing and getting more the weather's getting more intense which i think yeah, is just yeah. like her, her doing with this moment I like just, her grief kind of yeah and it's just kind of and now we see like kind of this new realm of like how callisto kind of views her powers like she can smell things no one else can smell she can I see things no one else can see i wonder though if you like put her up against wolverine does she smell as good as Wolverine or Dakin or Laura? Right. I'm interested. Would love to know. Give her claws. Make Ugh. her one of them. Make her a feral. And then we go back to these fucking, what are they? The Verendi kids? Yeah. I hate them. I mean, not Me like too. I hate them necessarily as characters, but I just hate, I, just I, so I want them to be killed because they're so evil. They're such assholes. And that They're so uh, hurtful. Yeah, and then that woman was she from Taiwan, Hong Kong? Where was she from? Uh, I can't remember, but early on in the run, uh, who's now running Madripoor? Uh, she's the worst too. And I love how Kate just comes in, totally. Now here's something, and has she always been able to do this? Have you noticed? I guess it's what because she's like phasing through things, but at the same time, like then grabbing liquor and stuff. Oh, she always could. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess she could. Yeah, you're right. She can grab things. Um, She just comes in there, and you think she's about to drop some bomb, but she just invites them to the gala. 
I can't wait for this gala. If they're inviting all of their enemies or like and all the heads of state to the gala, Emma's going to drop a bomb. Like Emma's going to make an ultimatum or reveal a piece of information. Like I can't wait to see what the real why behind the Hellfire Gala is. Yeah. No, I definitely think it's one of those, oh, you think this is what this is? Lock the doors, motherfuckers, because this is what's really happening here. You know what I mean? There's definitely going to be some kind of twist. Can't wait. When the X-Men are revealed, the whole thing is ripe for disaster, and I am here for it. Speaking of disaster, let's move on to X-Force. So, so, okay. And now I just want to talk to you about I how do I get past and I feel like I'm now at the point where I don't like the art. I hate beast. I hate this plant thing. I hate this comic and I don't know how to get past it. So, it. this is an interesting moment. We've arrived at a moment I never thought would come. But we're here where we put a Dawn of X book under the microscope and decide if we wish to continue. Oh, wow. We don't have to do this to ourselves. But but here's the thing is because they're all interconnected, I still feel like I need to fucking read this book to know what the fuck's going on. I don't want to stop reading X-Force and they're like, oh, did you see when Mara came back? I'll be like, fuck. Ah, I know. It's FOMO. We're reading a book because of FOMO, not because we enjoy it. Yeah, it's like a chore. So ask yourself, should we be doing it? And especially because I felt it started out so strong. This is X-Force 16, yes. And the fact that it started out with them doing, it's all about Xavier was killed, public relations and then he came back to life and then was like dealing with all the countries and then we're going to spy on different countries and so and now it's just yeah, like but there's an the evil mutant plant under the island the different countries thing was x-men it was not this book when they go to davos i guess that's true but i felt that's what this was supposed to be about right the creation of the under like it's just stupid i don't care about these plant things i actually enjoyed this issue i won't lie um overall i don't think it aligns with the concept of the book and the concept is what got me very excited but this as just like a superhero mutant adventure i thought was fine i just i just don't care about the bad guy here's what i did like I do like the idea of Forge, Wolverine, and Quentin Quire getting in their Krakoan underwater scuba suits with underwater flamethrowers and then running into um, Namor. I think that's fun. That was the part I did like. That was fun. What I also like is if we're going to have Beast continue to be awful... At least this issue had Cecilia Reyes as a foil telling him. Yeah, at least someone's you're like, you're awful. awful. And Beast yeah, is like, yeah, well, whatever. But in the New Mutants movie, you're the bad guy. And she's like, what? <laughs> she's like, wait, what? Uh, so I don't mind that. Like, if, ele- hey, if Benjamin Percy elevates Cecilia Reyes 
to be at the level of Beast and they've got this kind of dynamic where they're keeping each other like balanced, I actually would love that. Or if this is actually a thing of like Beast is turning evil, then then lean into it. You know what I mean? Then let's just be like, he's evil. He's bad. I'm sick of this wish-washing of him just being an asshole. I'm over it. It's just, he's just now annoying. Like, if he's going to be evil, then he needs to get a comeuppance and have a come-to-Jesus moment and repent or something like that. Something, it just needs to be interesting. And, like, yeah. for me now, the most interesting thing in this book for me is Namor and the fact that it's like, why is one of the... Why is Phoebe dating Quentin and all, but she's is she still dating Cable? Probably not. But he says he's dating all of them. Well, they're all um, polyamorous, so who cares? <sighs> I'm just interested in this. That's what I'm interested in. If they're all polyamorous, then Quentin and Cable need to have sex. They need to have telepathic, <laughs> telekinetic sex. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. Um, yeah, I, I liked all those things too. I do. I did. See, I, that's why I didn't think this issue was that bad. But it, but here's the reason I think it's bad is because I still don't care. Like it, it didn't make me care. I was like, that's pretty cool. But that, is that yeah. that's it's a very fucking low bar. It's you know it's so funny. The only thing I cared about in this issue was Namor saying, "I will destroy your cute little resort if you pull any shit like this." Yeah, anymore. yeah, and I was, like, I was like, I was Ooh, like, here I'm we just go, do it. I'm t- just fucking no. <laughs> no, I know. I just like just end the the comic. I ugh. Ugh. yeah. Plus, at least they didn't kill Quentin. I thought this was leading to Quentin being killed again. Oh. Well, I and liked that he wasn't killed because he was like, no, I'm I'm doing it for Phoebe now. I'm paying more attention. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, can we stop this this run of him dying all the time? Yeah. Oh, my God. Speaking, well, speaking of, of cable, cable, there you go. Cable number seven came out. And I continue to enjoy this book. Here's why I like this book. is This is one where we actually take someone... Where a lot of they for a while, remember they kept doing the old man versions of characters. Uh-huh. And then the young X-Men, <laughs> and then the young X-Men showed up. So there is this thing of like, here's the young version, here's the old version. I really yeah. like that this is cable with all of the same motivations, but with with none of the confidence. And I think it's or experience. Such, or yeah. experience. It's such an interesting like it's such an interesting character like he is so insecure and he has so much power and i just kind of i find his character so i find him way more interesting than the original cable personally yeah it's because he's living under the shadow of that original cable not only is he shadowed by the reputation of his older self uh reputation reputation but also that of his father yeah so he's got like two father figures one of the one of whom is him that he can't live up to yeah and it's this weird thing of of people either a assume that he's as good as cable which is too much pressure or they just treat him like a little kid that knows nothing <laughs> like it's kind of like one or the other like either way it sucks yeah and i will say because they're young this new kind of thing of rachel and cable finally 
living as like brother and sister, which has never happened before. The only time she they lived as brother and sister when he was like a fucking baby. You know what I mean? Yeah, when she was like Mother Ascani. Yeah, exactly. So this relationship, I love that. It's love establishing it. like relationships. It's establishing wants and needs. It's also just taking the idea of like, there's a crazy mutant cult murdering babies and I need to know who's behind it. Like that's so much. And then when we find out who is behind it, that oh, is so much more God. interesting than fucking plants underneath Krakoa. All right. Anyway, sorry. I'm not going to talk about it. Oh, yeah, because it's, fo- it's like it's focused. It's about something. In this case, Cable is about Cable. Yeah. It's about this character. And we're going to get to that ending in a bit. But let's. We, he still needs now that Otherworld's over, he needs to finish what he started and find these kidnapped children. So he brings his his ragtag sister along who has her powers where literally she can touch something and see the life of it. So she's like, Oh, I know where the kids are. (laughs) (laughs) And the cops, the detectives who are fantastic. They're great comic relief. And you know, this is the same guy that writes Marauders. So there's the same kind of great humor in both books. And these detectives, they, they see the kidnapped babies with the cult that kidnapped them through Rachel's telepathy. And they're like, well, shit, (laughs) how do we get a warrant? Yeah, I love that. It was like, how do we do a this warrant isn't admissible. for this? <laughs> uh, love seeing Cable and Rachel in action together, where you've got five cult members holding five babies, threatening their lives. Cable shoots the cult members while Rachel holds the babies in the air. Now here, so I have I have a question. Do you think she was was she just? Holding them in the air, or do you, I guess one of you guess you don't see the thing around them. I was wondering if she was protecting them also from being stabbed with like oh, a yeah, telekinetic sure she shield. Had, she had them. She just, she had the babies. Yeah. And if you also just notice, he shoots everybody in non-kill areas. Yes, I did notice that. Because they're still abiding by the Krakoan rules. That's right. But then the, Even though the head guy kills himself, you know, has a fucking cyanide pill, cyanide pill but he does go into his head real quick. <sighs> and then they go home. Wait, it's I have a question. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Well, well, this is the big reveal. It's strife. Oh, that's right. Yes. So he sees it's fucking strife. So who is this? Is this just a cult member or is this a specific person? I think we so. Should know? I think that's a cult member. Okay. I didn't know if it was like, is this someone we should know that's a cult member? But it's strife. So I have a question. When he sees this, how much of does he know of who strife is? Because he's never met him. He's never had any experience with strife. Yeah. Has he just heard of him? Like, I, this is the point where I'm like, how much does he know about his own life that maybe everyone else knows? Right, right. And then, I mean, he's he's definitely aware of Strife. He's like, yes. he sees him. He's like, oh my God, it's Strife. And we, but then we also know he doesn't know a lot because guess what he did after? He requests, can I get like all the files on all the Strife? Files. <laughs> like he yeah. needs to, so the fact that it's like a clone of the evil clone of him, he has to fight the evil clone of him and he doesn't even know him, never battled him, has to look Again, up. Again, none of the experience. He has none of so the good. experience. It's so fucking interesting. You know, when they flash to Strife, um, I do notice that these Order of X cult members are coming out of, like, chambers. So mm-hmm. he's, like, birthing them or brainwashing them. I don't know. But they're in some sort of pink liquid. Yeah, who knows what that is. And then we have just the suite of, like, Cyclops and Jean just being, like, sweet little mom and dad. 
Making dinner. Making dinner. Being like, just stay for dinner. Like, you can do it, honey. Nathan's like, I gotta take mine to go. I'm busy. And, and he, Rachel's like, why aren't you staying? Fine, don't tell me. <laughs> and then this is called the end. Like, y'all wanted a twist. This ending, I literally was like, yes! Yes! Because he's like, I need to go against Strife. So who's the person that I would go against Strife with? Who's the one person that would have my back when I had to deal with Strife? Fucking Domino. Domino. But he doesn't know her. (laughs) And they used to fuck a lot. And they used to fuck, but he's never fucked her. This person hasn't fucked her. And uh, she's like, shouldn't because the age difference, my God. Yeah. But I love how she's like, yeah, this is going to be weird, (laughs) but I'm in. But let's do it. Uh, And that's the other weird thing is because he's never fucked her and all that stuff. But the fact that he knows that they've had a history, I'm sure he's going to be super attracted to her. And I'm sure she's going to be super attracted to him. But that's like fucking awkward. But then he's dating the the cuckoos. And of course, he can't cheat on them because they'll know immediately. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's why I would never want to date a psychic. Well, one other great thing about Cable in this era of X-Men comics is that he's such a nexus for trouble. Yeah. Yeah, he's and he's 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 definitely he's also someone that definitely he he because he doesn't have that confidence, he also wants to pretend that he has the confidence, which leads to him going out and doing things on his own. Which is a bad idea. Which I'm glad it's like him and Domino. Yeah. Yeah. But she's got... um, It's a big job for Domino taking him on this mission. And how old is he? Is he like 16 or something? I'm thinking 16, right? Yeah. Okay. So don't do it, Domino. Don't do it. (laughs) What Um, is the... Wait, what's the age limit on Krakoa? I mean, it's probably 16. Has that been established? Foreign countries. (laughs) Okay. Um, now we are on to Sword, which I guess this is one. Which this, Cable is also on. Yes, which is also, this is also the probably the closest to the, was it the King, King in Black? Yeah, this is the closest to King in Black you were going to get. Um, because apparently when King in Black has surrounded Earth in symbiotes, uh, the only in and out is through Krakoan Gates. That's right. Which I find very Krakoa does it again. Uh, this is another instance of our cool, great, amazing X-Men books having to kind of dumb themselves down to fit into a crossover. Um, the first one being Empire. And I do, I still feel like the X-Men books look at the crossover event and are like, aren't you cute? Yeah. Roll their eyes. This is what I'm going to do. Here's, here's what we're going to do to you. Here's how we're going to make you an actually good read. It's great. And here's the interesting thing is I love that now, basically, one of the things that S.W.O.R.D. is establishing is the idea of replacements. If I can't, we, hi, we need a telepath. If we can't get this, then here's a line of telepaths Mm -hmm. that are replaceable, that we can get. Secession planning. And every good company does it. And here we have uh, Brand takes Mentallo, who is more, isn't he more of a bad guy of like non X Men oh, yeah, stuff? So. Uh, well, yeah, he was, yes, that is correct. 
Um, and he was redacted in last issue. Last issue, there was a analysis redaction below him. Below the redaction was Peepers, but we didn't know who the redaction was. So it was Mentallo. Uh, yeah, villain, more like an Avengers Captain America villain, but still a mutant and still part of that original, like the, the Captain America version of Magneto's Brotherhood that Peepers served on. And here's the other thing of why Agent Brand is such an amazing character and she's such an awesome um, strat- strategist. What's that? How do you say that word? Strategist? Strategist. There you go. Yeah. Um, having a stroke. Okay. Anyway, the reason she's so good at that is her reasoning behind Mentallo is because, oh, the fact that he used to be a villain and he just cares about money means he, because if I pay him the most, he will be loyal to me and not Krakoa. He's loyal to me. And I've got Nick Fury's back, what is it, black bank card? Yes. And that is just brilliant. It's so fucking smart. It's so smart. And figuring out what also he wants outside of just access to wealth um, is this thing they start to allude to that, that he really, really wants. He won't stop talking about and WizKid is working on it for him. Yeah. And then later on, we'll see what that is. Um, but then they're talking about a lot of specific stuff with the, 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 the symbiote stuff. I'm like, yeah like i don't care yeah but one of the dragons is attacking the peak that's their headquarters yes symbiote dragon and Wizkid blows it away with a laser but then they're like we gotta go fight these things yes and so now here we have who's the guy with the the gun arm what's his name random was he there before yeah, they listed him in the org chart. Oh, okay, issue. okay. Him and Risque are the two, like, security captains. Right, right. And this is also just, we see, I just love that we just see Fabian Cortez with his little, he's, I will say, this is, was he always so, I don't know how to put this without sounding homophobic, but there's a thing of the gay villain. <laughs> yeah, Jafarish. Well, or Mr. Sinister-ish. He wasn't like that before. And I do like it. But is it a problem? Is the gay villain stereotype, is that problematic? Is it homophobic? I don't think he's gay. I think he's... He's very effete. Like, it's very like, hmm. Like, he just looks like he's like, I don't know if I want to get my fingers dirty. Yeah, I think they're going... Like, I don't think they're going for, for homosexual, per se. I think they're going for... Uh, aloof and um, condescending. Yeah. I think you see gay because of the coat and the lovely slick back hair. And him acting all prissy. Yeah. And him sucking my dick last night. (laughs) (laughs) You too? Oh my God. Oh my God. Well, it is nice to see him in battle though. Yes. Because he will level you up if you're a mutant, and that's, which he does to Sunfire. But that's Great the thing is, him. like, how long How long does that last when he does that? An hour before you can go swimming. Okay. Um, and then is um, 
is the is the one is are these the symbio dragon is that the baby dragon no no these are just the symbio okay dragons. they're the symbio dragons that he's fighting against and then yeah he like makes uh sunfire all fucking awesome i mean it looks like he's like basically like the um like uh the, the fantastic AOA Four. i was gonna say or like the oh. like the living oh, torch yeah. he like nova flames and becomes like a little sun um in this very darkened land and then here's the thing of the idea of replacements and we talked about this briefly we did understudies for people who serve a functional role in some sort of mutant circuitry um so here's one of those things is so here's michael nolan i looked him up he is from um x factor volume one like the the early issues, um, Cyclops, Gene, oh, okay. like that whole original series. He was someone they encountered. Uh, I think it was X Factor number five. Yeah, and he had he had the power to, to of amplification. And and then this boost guy. Did you look yeah. up where he was from? Uh, I can't remember. Can't remember. And then there's like Mister M. Whereabouts unknown. Okay. I think we know where he is. We sure do. In Mer- Again, yeah. What do we call that? Dramatic irony. Um, and then I still feel that if they could, I think they could hone, especially because it's sinister, has recloned and cloned Scrambler a million times from the original Marauders. I have a feeling Scrambler could be a potential replacement. This is just me thinking. If they just reworked, if he like worked on his powers. Yeah. Because he basically touches you and makes your powers blow up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who is this redacted person, do you think, as another power amplifier? Scrambler. Primary loyalty is... <laughs> well, they say she. Oh. Who boosts people? I don't know. In, like, Snark War, anytime I hear about the Snarks, I go to Power Pack. And I'm like, well, they're not mutants. But yeah. does Brand care? snark war what yeah wait when did the snark war happened they mention it in the previous issue huh hmm huh but the snarks are from power pack yeah that's it i'm just so i don't know um but basically the team like does a good job oh wait 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 i I know Uh that's not necessarily could it be molly hayes even though i thought molly hayes but no she does not amplify powers that's all but secondary mutation no i don't know i can see like primary loyalty is most likely runaways yeah um but she doesn't power boost true but she's a kid she's still discovering her powers True. Because technically, yeah, we'll what see. if that's she's just power boosting herself? That's why she gets so tired yeah. afterwards. So this is what Trump people do. They like they want to believe something and then they write a story in their head to make it so. Now on this January twentieth, you'll J- see Molly Hayes will Thank come you. out of that helicopter <laughs> and arrest Joe Biden. <laughs> Molly. <laughs> um. And then. Uh, and then what basically they're like, on? we won, we beat the symbiote, and then through the portal comes a character that was all symbioted up. I had no idea this was Cable. I was like, I'm like, who the fuck is this? Who the fuck is this? 
racking my brain. I think like days later, I was like, oh God, is it, is it, it was Cable. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I didn't even realize that either. It's because of the gun and the sword. But is he in control of it or is he a bad guy? No, very, no, he's a bad guy. Yeah. Oh, Cable. Oh, Cable, behave. So are we just pretending that the James Howlett, was that his name? What's the, remember the ultimate Wolverine version? Oh, from the, X-Men from Blue. Ultimate? Are you just pretending he doesn't exist anymore? I am. Okay. I mean, I'm fine with it. I just want to... I just want to be up to date. <laughs> Me, I am. Um, this S.W.O.R.D. organization, I predict they're going to do big things for the mutant population, which is ironic because they're also doing big things today in the MCU and there was a time where like X-Men stuff and MCU stuff couldn't mix but yeah but here we are and just before we get into where I know I think you're going with this is that the new the there's going to be a huge space crossover thing that's coming in the future I forget what the t- where Xandra gets kidnapped and, and then all of the Shi'ar Empire goes bankrupt and all that shit what you haven't read any of this yet? No, they would like what, like Buzz talk about an upcoming event? No, they've already like shown like things coming up. It's I forget. There, there's oh. like it's like the new crossover. It's basically oh like all of the galaxies the are they, the economic policies of all the galaxies. Oh, yeah, are they set that up in Empire. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's the fallout from that. But Xandra gets kidnapped, and so I have a feeling that the X Men and Sword and Xavier, all that shit's gonna like. They're going to be playing oh, cool. a big part in all of that. I'm just assuming. Oh, I love it. Yes. But I think we should talk a little MCU stuff, don't you? I do, too. Hit it. WandaVision! WandaVision! All right. All right, We're so going to talk let's talk about, about WandaVision. The third episode, episode of WandaVision. We are now in the 70s, and this was definitely had a uh, Brady Bunch feel to it. Instead of definitely, instead of squares, it was hexagons, keeping uh-huh. with the theme. Animation. It looked Partridge very family. much like, yeah, it was like Partridge. I love how they don't just make it just one. It's kind of like a combination. It's like a mishmash. Yeah, it's a Because there was some Mary Tyler Moore in this, too. Mm-hmm. The opening. Yes. At, like yes. Of the, the smiling at the, at the lady friends. Yeah. And this row, we can now see the crumbling is way more apparent in here. The tension. Yeah. It's, yes. it's like, it's like, it's, it's harder. It's getting harder and harder to keep the facade up. And that's true for a number of people, not just Wanda. Yes. And I have a feeling anyone that felt that hey, where is this going? This is too slow. I think they probably saw this episode and were like, okay. Okay. I'm on board. It's on And board. there was one one moment, I think the moment, where everything tilted in particular. Oh, yeah. I, I would admit, well, like, everything when tilted. That... The t- you're talking about when the, even the TV screen? <laughs> oh, the, yeah. Oh, let's talk about it. So, let's yeah, not get to that to the yet. End. We'll get to that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did freak out about that. Yeah, in fact, yeah, yeah. CBQ tweeted about that. Um. So we open, it's 1970s, and where we left off was that Wanda was mysteriously pregnant at the end of the Bewitched episode. 
And here she's just getting her her belly's getting bigger and bigger. And this is the thing that's interesting. They're just like, how did you how did you become pregnant so fast? The one thing that nobody notices is that time has changed. Like, you know, I love that they just they're just like, right? why are you you're pregnant? What's going on? And you're like, do you not notice it is now 10 years later? Do you not notice that, like all the cars were different? Like if, You like now an have an ago. afro. Like it's just. Right. There, it is now color. Our clothes are different. Nobody notices this. Nobody cares. But there uh, is the someone doctor, that's starting to notice weird things because the doctor says, oh, you're about four months along. And she's yeah, put, and Vision yeah. is like, how is that possible? Like, it's been 12 hours. Yeah, he's starting to freak out. Yeah. And I think it's very interesting because Vision is basically the supercomputer and he's incapable of computing or making, he can't make any of this make sense. And so he's really starting to lose it. Um, the part with the guy, the neighbor Bob doing the hedges. That was David Lynch. Yes. And that was terrifying. So that's the first moment where he's just like, not only is he clipping the the hedges, he's clipping through the fence and just smiling wall. like a fucking creeper. But he's like struggling with it. Like he's trying to get the blade through. And even when Vision is like, hey, I think you're, I think you're going a bit overzealous with those hedges there. He's like, oh, thanks, buddy. But he keeps yeah, yeah. doing it. Ooh, and it's like a dream. Vision runs in to tell Wanda. And he's like, I think, Gert, cut. <laughs> well, he flat out says something's wrong. Something's yeah, not yeah, right. yeah. But, and, but there's a full jump cut where actually people, apparently people thought there was something wrong. Oh, I did. I, was, I watch it on a Zoom with friends. And I was like, I, like, I unmuted the zoom. I was like, uh, okay, never mind." No, I do immediately like <laughs> as soon as something goes wrong, it suddenly reverts hardcore back to the sitcom format. So meta though. I mean, she did it once before, but she rewound like it was a tape. Here, it was like our Disney Plus glitched. Yeah, and but here's the thing that I think is also interesting, every single one of these times where she comes out of it and has to fix something. At first, you're like, like with the choking. At first, you're like, oh, she's coming out of it because she needs to save him. And then you see the beekeeper. It's like, oh, she's coming out of it because she senses danger and she's scared. No. These reasonings are not of why this is st- she's still doing this. They're all not... No. <laughs> and we do... Fi- and then there's a final one, which we'll get to the end, where you're like... Oh, <laughs> this is why yeah. you're yeah. doing and we'll, this. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. Um, hey, sitcom moment I want to point out when they are practicing, when Vision is practicing um, diapering on that doll. <laughs> that doll is an exact replica of Kitty Carryall, C- uh, Cindy's doll from The Brady Bunch. Oh my God, I love it. Also, can yeah. I just do a scream out moment? Of like, if anyone's a fan of the Young Avengers, where she's like with baby Tommy. And then I'm like, she's going to have twins. And then he's like, I want to call him William. And I'm just like, they're both going to give both of those names. Like, I don't yeah. know. I was so ecstatic of like that little, like, I can't wait. So, Wicked yeah, and Speed about are about to be born. <laughs> yeah, they're setting up that we're going to get Billy and Tommy Kaplan. Uh, and then... Vision goes out 
Um, and he sees his neighbors while Geraldine shows up um, to borrow a bucket and to tell Wanda a crazy story about getting a promotion yeah. that makes absolute no sense. Yeah. It's like sitcom logic, but it, it makes zero sense. But Wanda's powers are freaking out because she's having false what they think is false labor then what become real contractions. So, a, contractions, so a stork shows up. She Yeah, well, they, they painted a stork in a nursery they were building. The stork comes to life. I'm going to pause here and say, Evil Jeff, so bad. Do I want to tr- like create a photo of the stork next to a photo of um, the violet swan of the Betsy Braddock swan? <laughs> and, and like just put like create a headline that's like, the X-Men may have just entered the MCU. <laughs> it's Betsy Braddock. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, her powers are going haywire. Uh, she's trying to hide her pregnant belly from Geraldine, from Tivana Paris. Making fun of the ways sitcoms have done it in the past, I feel like, like holding an object yeah. <laughs> in front. All the while where she's clearly about to get, like her stomach is growing second by second and getting bigger by bigger to the point where they realize, oh, she's going to give birth any minute. She's going to give birth. Uh, when her water breaks, uh, everyone's pipes bursts in the neighborhood. Um, yeah. So they're really exercising that she's got full dominion over this Reality, if their neighbor's pipes are bursting when she goes into contractions. And then you've got that commercial, which really solidifies, find the goddess within you. Now, here's the other thing is like, if you are not of that age, I had to explain to my boyfriend, I'm like, that's the Calgon take me away commercials. They do. Calgon Calgon take take me me away. away. So when they so our previous commercials allude to the bomb she and Pietro were trapped with, uh, allude to Strucker experimenting on them. Those are past moments. I feel like this commercial was about the present yeah. moment. Yeah, it was about what she's doing right now. Because it's like, take me away. I want to go to some fabulous magical place and not deal with reality, huh? Exactly, huh? 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 And I will also say, in season four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the What If arc, where they were the agents of HYDRA, Coulson was a conspiracy theorist who was convinced that HYDRA made blue soap that brainwashed you. <gasps> oh my God. And so when I saw the blue soap, the HYDRA soap, I was like, wait, is this familiar? Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Not saying it's a actual like purposeful connection but maybe 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 we'll see Fitz and Simmons at the sword base who knows and then Wanda's goes into full labor and Geraldine has to deliver them oh my god and immediately I'm like wait Monica Rambeau is the one who's delivering the twins like already we're making this character important mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a little too important <laughs> I will say it's very funny, though, because where they give birth to the baby, and I just know so many people that just don't read the comics are like, ah, and I'm like, nope. Nope. There's another one coming. And so when Vision <laughs> leans in to kiss her and she screams in his face instead of kissing. Yeah. Oh, what a great moment. Yeah. Um, so they have these twins, and then it's like kind of going to like, you know, third act end of the sitcom type of stuff. And two, Everything's settled. Very weird fucked up things happen 
at the same time. So what do we talk about first? Vision, I guess vision. Outside? Yeah. Outside. Agnes and Bob are clearly trying to have a conversation that they don't want vision to know they're having. And it's fucking weird. Yeah. Like, or do like Catherine Hans, Agnes is not subtle. She's leaning over the wall that Herbert cut into and she's like kicking out one leg and putting her hand up over his ear and whispering like not subtle at all. Yeah. And basically they're concerned about uh, Geraldine because she doesn't belong there because she doesn't live anywhere. <laughs> and she just so showed already, up. Like this had racial inequality hints to it to me. Like, Which is also, but it's also weird because then the other guy saying it is black. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. It did feel that way though. No, it definitely um, did. But it was just very weird where it's like, she doesn't have a home. She doesn't live she doesn't here. Have a home. But it also is just showing the thing going on in their heads it's like it's the same thing with Dottie from the previous episode. They like they're not fully unaware. They're not fully unaware, but they're incapable of of stopping being in this of being these characters. So there's yeah. just like you almost can see it's like someone screaming out underneath like help. Like it's like it's just it's so fucking creepy. It's Catherine creepy. Hans whole tone and delivery in the scene is nuts. Yeah. Where she's like doing the sitcom character anyway, just to like appease vision. But her when eyes she, like, aren't. Rings that, oh, but her eyes aren't. Oh my God. It's so good. But then we go inside. Inside. And uh, Wanda starts singing a Sokovian lullaby and brings up her twin brother. She says, you know, I was a twin. And that's where the first, like, full-on, oh, this is connected to the Avengers, Geraldine's like, oh, yeah, he was, Ultron killed him. Uh-oh. This was the big tilt. And like, this is this the is... big tilt, because at first you're like, Wand, is Wanda trapped? Is she trapped? Is, is this it? This is the first time you really see who's fucking behind all of this. Yeah, like this is arguably beginning of Act Two. As soon as as Geraldine is like, "Yeah, he was killed by Ultron, right?" Yeah, like it becomes a whole different show. What's you talking about, Geraldine? <laughs> <laughs> it becomes what you talking about, Geraldine. <laughs> Wanda is like, "Bitch, what the fuck did you just say?" Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh. Really? She does. She does the Scarlet Witch head tilt. Yeah. Wanda Scarlet Witch does that when she's fighting, when she needs to like gain strength. She does a little head tilt, and she does it here. When does the the format, the TV format, change at this moment or after? No, it's when Vision, Vision comes, comes back. back in. Okay. And Wanda is standing at the crib with her back to him. Oh, yeah. And he's like, where is Geraldine? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. She had to go. She had to go. <laughs> she had oh, to she go. She just had to rush home. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Bitch had to go. And that's and where you just see. Oh. The letterboxing that made it the 4-3 ratio, the old school TV ratio, fades 
away as it goes into the next scene and we get our widescreen letterboxing at the top and bottom as we enter a whole different ratio. Why? Because we're entering a whole different reality as Geraldine comes flying out (laughs) (laughs) covered in Scarlet Witch power signature. Yeah, Wanda fucking boots her out. Boots her out of her reality. She comes flying out of what looks like the sky, but in the sky is like a TV static yeah. pattern. Yeah. Surrounding what looks like an, like a suburban neighborhood. Outside of that static screen pattern, the neighborhood is a whole setup of what we can only assume to be sword. Yeah. So Because, I- oh, Wanda noticed Geraldine's necklace. It was a sword logo and said, what is that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do have a feeling that um, because because all of these sword agents are outside coming to get her. I have. Do you think in the next episode, do you think it's going to start going back and forth between these two worlds or do you think it's still going to just stay in the sitcom? Oh, I think more and more it will go back and forth. Because between... I have a feeling she's going to... I have a feeling when they get her, she's it's going to take her a minute, but she's going to slowly start being like, I'm Geraldine. No, wait. Uh, okay, it's all coming back to me. Up, oh, mission failed. <laughs> Tried to get like, her. <laughs> her cl- she's still in the 70s clothes, you know? Yeah, so to me, yeah. that's like, it's still lingering. Yeah, so I have a feeling, because it was clear, like what we said before, that helicopter that she found was definitely uh, Geraldine, Geraldine uh, or well, Monica, Monica Rambo coming in. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm so excited. Monica, uh, Ger- uh, Taona Paris is the actress. Her whole monologue, her whole story about getting the promotion, hilarious. Yeah. So fun. She's great. I love her. I love that she they gave her like a comedic monologue, which she nailed, and then they made her character important. I was like, yes. yes. Give us... Give us Monica Rambeau. Now, here's my question, though, is how do you think she gets her powers in the MCU? Because I don't think she has powers yet, right? I don't think so either. And I think she'll likely get them in the Captain Marvel sequel, which she's in. Yeah. Okay. I'm uh, I'm just super excited because next week is Full House, where they're actually wearing Halloween Wanda Vision Halloween costumes. Oh, my God. And the fact are that, they gonna yeah, go ahead? Are they gonna do something with the fact that she's an Olsen? I people have already. I think people are already wishing that the Olsen twins would have shown up in it. I feel they have to do some kind of reference since it's her, they're they're copying the show that her fucking sisters starred in. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. Oh God, it's so good. How many episodes is this show? Nine. Ugh, it's not enough. Not enough. Give me more. Do you... So now that they've shown Wanda in kind of like a dark light at the end of that episode, do you think it's all her or do you still think there might be like a villain behind the curtain? I think there's a villain. And similar how there was Dark Phoenix, but um, a mastermind like sparked the flame. Yeah, 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 I think there's a villain that was like, oh, she has more power. And then they're like, "Uh uh-oh. I think I went to like I think they basically fucked something up, but I definitely think there is someone there that started something and now they've lost control of it. 
Can I share a wild thought that I had last week? And then after I had the thought, I went on Twitter and someone tweeted this at us. And my response was, I was just thinking the same thing. What, what, what? Could you imagine if it's fucking Mojo? Mojo? Yeah. <gasps> That's a perfect way to bring the, the X-Men in. Like, it's TV. Why wouldn't it be Mojo? Especially if they're dealing with multiverses. I mean, that's a possibility. It's not Mojo, but... I do... I have a feeling there is something with... I have a feeling they're probably... She was trying to help bring Vision back. And maybe they were having trouble or like it's not going to happen. And her powers go nutso. And I have a feeling this is all her trying to be with Vision. Trying to make him alive again. I agree. And she'll do anything to make him still alive. Yeah. Yes. I agree. I just don't want this to end with them being like, no, he's just dead. That will make me very sad. I don't think it will. I don't think it will because it it feels like we're going to see Vision alive in the real world. But here's the thing that could happen is they could do what they did in the comics. Remember White Vision? When he lost all of his emotion. Oh, that would be dope. He lost all of his emotion. Oh, if he shows up as White Vision and then he's like, yeah, I remember you, but I don't have any feelings anymore. <laughs> that'll after be pretty this cool. wonderfully emotional arc that they gave Paul Bettany, if they're after that, they're like, okay, we're taking all that away from this character. Yeah. Oh my god. There's um. Now talk of it being nightmare, not Mephisto. Mm, that makes sense too. Yeah. I want Mojo. <laughs> oh, so the other genius thing about this episode of WandaVision was that right after, so when everyone's episode ended, what did Disney Plus suggest you hit play and watch next? Age of Ultron. I thought that was such genius after she brought up Pietro. Oh, and yeah. And Disney Plus was like, you want to watch it? And so many people said yes. I said yes the following day and Jeff and I wound up watching... Um, other Jeff, my husband, went up watching Age of Ultron, Infinity War, and Endgame in a row. Oh, shit. We watched Age of Ultron maybe the week before WandaVision. So oh. we had just watched it, too. It's good. Amazing. It holds up. It's not my favorite. You know what? It's definitely not it's my favorite of all better. of them. It's gotten better to me over I agree. Time. I it agree. It really has. But yeah. my main problem watching it, I talked about this last week. I was like, her accent is so much thicker in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I like that they kind of let it fade. Oh, I'm so excited for the next episode. Me too. Uh, I have to apologize to Age of Ultron. I feel like I've been really poo-poo about it in the past. And I think that it and Iron Man 3 are two good movies that suffered from the expectations that the original Avengers created in our heads. Yeah. But but the, all these Avengers movies, they're kind of like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's good. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. All Marvel movies. Yeah. Even the fucking Incredible Hulk. I'm like, I'll watch. I love the Ang Lee Incredible it. Hulk. I know I'm... And, uh, the one with Jennifer Connelly. Oh, the Ang Lee one. I oh, love yeah. the Ang Lee one. But I know everyone disagrees. 
But I like that Edward Norton one too. Yeah, me too. I'm glad they recast him. Why would you have against Ed Norton? I mean, I I would I don't want to see Ed Norton in Thor Ragnarok, you know? True. Mark Ruffalo. I mean, if I had to do a fuck Mary Kill, wait, what's the guy who played the original? What's that actor's name? Bill Bixby? No, 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 no. The and and Lou the Ferrigno? No, no, the guy who played him in um in Oh, in, Eric Bana. Yeah. Eric Bana, Ed Norton, Mark Ruffalo, fuck Mary Kill. Um I would marry Mark Ruffalo. I would fuck Eric Bonin and I'd kill Edward. I think that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. That's the only correct answer. And that's our show, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week where we fuck Mary Kill. Three more B list actors. <laughs> no, Mark Ruffalo is not B list. Oh He's my God. A list. Um, Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, Thank you. Please give us a review. Tweet out to us any strange theories that you might have. Um, I would love to hear it. I and yeah. Maybe we'll discuss it in the show. Maybe about Krakoa or who's going to be these new X-Men. I know Evil Jeff and I have our money on Dazzler. Mm-hmm. Um, we sure do. Or theories about what's going to happen in WandaVision. We love theories. We love speculation. And we're never right. Sometimes so we us. are. No. Brett, Betsy, okay. Captain Friends. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Sometimes <laughs> we are. Sometimes. But sometimes we're not. It doesn't matter if we're right. It doesn't matter if we're wrong. Because we are queer. And you, my friend, if you read comics, well, <laughs> that makes you queer. Thank you. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.